I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I love the game of basketball. Um, I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gents. Episode number 27, I believe. This is a really good episode. I'm rather excited for this. Um, last week, there was a really short episode, but it was just a preview of what to expect during the subscription episodes. And so if you guys haven't subscribed yet and you want to get extra content, subscribe. There's a link on my Instagram, um, and then there's a link in the description on Anchor Podcast and on Spotify. You'll be able to find it there. And if you have Apple Music, I didn't mention this. I should have. I apologize. If you have Apple Music, if you just download Anchor and do it for just listening for podcasts, it'll pull it up right away, and you'll be able to uh, find the link, be able to subscribe, and you get three extra episodes a week. So make sure you do that. However, this week, very excited for this episode. Um, I am here with Masane. That's what we call it. That's for your cultured folk. You guys would know what that means, but for your uncultured folk, that's a different word for grandma. It's a Navajo word. Um, I'm here with Grandma Benali. Um, she is Dinez's grandmother and pretty much my grandma at this point. You know, most of my grandparents were, they all passed away by the time I was just a little boy. <laughs> and so I think I have one grandparent that's still alive, I think. Um, but for the most part, all my grandparents passed away when I was like, eight at the most and so you have filled the void now <laughs> you've fulfilled this and so masane she has been a huge blessing in my life um i lived with masane if you have listened to the episode the refiners fire episodes right after i came back from serving a mission i kind of got kicked out of my home <laughs> i moved in with dinez but we lived at masane's house and she feeds us she buys us things. She does it all. She's the best. And uh, she's really helped me out a ton. And so we got her on the episode because this, I mean, it's a special month. This month is October. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. As you know, all the football players, they wear, you know, the pink gloves, the pink cleats. And shortly after Masane led us into her house, after I was living there, I guess it was while I was living there, mm-hmm. um, she developed breast cancer. And so... The reason I say that is just because it's cool to look at it from the sense of you were doing good things. You were a good person. It's not like you were living a bad life, and then all of a sudden you're faced with this this tough tragedy. And so I'm going to pass the time over to her, and she's going to be able to give us a little bit more story. And as you explain, I'll just ask questions along the way um, just to be able to get as much details as possible. But however you want to say it, that's how we want to hear it. <laughs> and so Masane... <laughs> Take the reins. Take the reins. Okay. It was a nice spring morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, just came out of nowhere. I, um, Sorry, I'm probably going to get very emotional it's okay. It's okay. about this. But um, <clears throat> just uh, it was a self-breast exam. So I really encourage women to do that. Um, we're counseled and guided to do that. But... I don't know if we ever take that seriously, but, Hmm. and that wasn't really something that I was looking for because to tell you the truth, it's not very common among at least Navajo women. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Um, wow. Ovarian cancer is more ca- more common, but not breast cancer. So it wasn't something I expected, but just went through the guidelines, and lo and behold, there was a lump, and uh, of course got it checked out, and uh, <clears throat> it was cancer. Hmm. But luckily, um, I'm never a woe is me person. Yeah. Just like you say, try to do the right things, and it was just something that had to be dealt with right away. And I know more about breast cancer than I ever want to know. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of breast cancer. Um, and I was in stage one when we found it, luckily. Hmm. And... Um, but even at stage one, there's different types of cancer. And mine was the more aggressive kind, so I had to do everything. had to do the surgery, the radiation, can- wow. the chemotherapy. And a lot of my friends and acquaintances that I knew, a lot of them had everything but the chemotherapy. Oh, wow. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. And a lot of... Um, things that you're going through, the trials and stuff, but because chemo is just, you're basically poisoning your body. Mm. And I'm sure my body said, what are you doing? (laughs) Because it it did not enjoy any part of that. And at one point, my uh, cell, my blood cell count was so low that my doctor said, you know, if I give you chemo today, I will literally kill you. Wow. And um, I know how that works because my oldest nephew died at 26 from leukemia. Hmm. And it wasn't the cancer that killed him. It was the chemo. Oh, really? It damaged his heart. And that was in 2001 when he passed away. But they have made so many advances. And that's the thing I'm really grateful for that I live now to have this happen to me because they've made so many advances and the way they monitor your body. Yeah. Like before they started the chemo, they did an EKG on me just to see where my normal heart function is so that as I was going through chemo, they knew when to back off mm. or and the blood cell, cell count too. If that plummeted too low, they knew to back off. And so... When all was said and done, um, he had to stop it for a month just because my cell count was so low. Um, My immune system was shot. And uh, and then after a month, they started again. And so my hair actually started growing back. Oh, yeah. And it grew back sparsely. And so I thought, "Uh uh-oh, is this how my hair is really going to come back? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, no. Um, But luckily, when it really did come back, it came back normal as you can see yeah um looks great fantastic (laughs) it's just getting longer now finally hopefully but um that wasn't a huge thing for me to lose my hair yeah really that no um the only thing i was worried about was am i going to have a halfway decent shape head (laughs) 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 because um as a baby i was in a cradle board and that kind of tends to flatten your head in the back but I was pleasantly surprised that my head wasn't too bad. <laughs> and once that hair started falling out, 
I'm like, I'm not having this. Mm. And so I got my grandson, Devin, and he shaved my head off, my hair off. And because I just didn't want bits and pieces falling out. I'm like, yeah. if it's going to come off, just let it come off. Wow. And um, but like I say, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't shaped too bad. So I didn't look really horrible. <laughs> well, um, I wondered how you'd feel about the hair. Cause all of you guys have like awesome hair <laughs> and it's thick and it's long. So yeah. I was wondering how that would affect, but apparently not too much. No, not me. Um, it, it didn't bother me at all. The only thing I will say is I don't know how you guys have short hair. <laughs> My head was cold the whole time. Oh, really? And, I, I did wear hats and the hat wrap, the head wrap, but it was mainly because my head was cold. Mm, mm. Otherwise, I wouldn't have cared, you know. But yeah. my head was so cold, and I started chemo in, I want to say June, and it was still cold. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make light of the situation, but in some ways, it's a little nice when you wake up and there's just no hair there. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to worry about doing it. You don't have no. to worry about washing it. Yeah, that's that. for sure. That is one nice aspect. Well, I I was surprised that, um, you know, sometimes you'll see chemo patients and there's no eyebrows, no eyelashes. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I don't think, like, I lost my eyebrows too much. I don't remember, like, having to paint something on so I yeah. looked like I had an expression at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't lose my mustache. Oh, okay. That's nice. <laughs> or my beard. <laughs> I better not lose my mustache. <laughs> um, at the at the beginning, when you were saying that you went through um, and did a self-test, mm -hmm. was there any signs of anything before? Like, did you have an idea when you're like, oh, maybe I should go get it checked out or did it just come completely out of the blue? It just came out of the blue. In fact, I, I had regular mammograms, which they also, you know, advise you do. Hmm. And my last mammogram was normal. So apparently it grew, <laughs> the tumor grew between that and when I found it. So Wow. Do you yeah. know how long of a time period that was? I It was under a year. I would oh, say wow. probably, I would say under six months. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it was pretty small when they found it, so wow. well, when I found it. Oh, yeah. It just was unusual, you know. Yeah. So Thing that happened so quick. And mm -hmm. so just in a couple of months, all of a sudden, there it is. Um, and so I guess once you got onto, actually right before I jump to that, i like to ask, what was your initial reaction when you first get the news? Because any form of cancer, whether it's treatable or not, is just... To me, that's like one of the things that that's the last thing anybody ever wants to hear. They're like, you have cancer because it's just like so threatening. And so your initial reaction um, at this stage in your life, you, you you discover you have breast cancer. What was your initial reaction, your thoughts, and, and, and how did that all play out? Well, I think I have a strong faith. Hmm. And Heavenly Father, I have a strong um, testimony of the church that I attend, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I have never, ever, like, not only the woe is me, but it, I never thought, Heavenly Father, why me? Hmm. You know? And um, so when I initially heard the news and, and figured it out, I was just like, okay, where do we go from here? Right. 
you know, because you hear of women um, surviving breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I knew that we had caught it soon enough. So there was a good outlook, you know. So that was the first thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, probably not going to die from this, but what happens next? Mm. That was my initial thought. Wow. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> um, yeah. Scary, but yet positive at the same time. Yeah. You know, you just know um, it's it's not a death sentence. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really cool just because to me, to me, this is a quote I heard one time. I don't know who it was, so I'm just going to say it's me saying it. It's my quote. <laughs> but uh, to me, self-pity is a form of cancer. And so I, I love that you have the attitude rather than just saying, why me? But it's what's next? What do I need to do? Because um, as soon as we start saying, why me? In the same way that cancer acts to our bodies, saying, why me? Is, you know, ultimately doing the same thing to ourselves where it's constantly on our mind. We're constantly not necessarily accepting our situation um, because that's a harder situation to accept, obviously. But we're not accepting the situation, and that is only furthering our getting better. Whereas, in your sense, you took it from why me to what should I do, and, and what's the next steps. I see some light, some positivity in this. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I assume thoughts of, like, I'm going to have to do chemo. That, that all of a sudden comes to your mind, and then thoughts of what am I going to do with my grandkids and all this stuff. You start to develop, I guess, a sense of, the time could be near. I mean, there's just a lot of things that come to your mind, but you looked at it from the aspect of what should I do with this? And I think that's really cool. And so from that point on, I guess, did it change your perspective as far as you guys are very family oriented, which I love. And you guys always have big family activities and all of that. Um, did that play or, or, or did that bring a toll on you just thinking about how you're not able to be around them as much because you're having to make sure to take care of this. And granted, just so everybody knows this was also during COVID. And so this was like the heart of COVID where masks for days and everybody stay away from each other. This was the heart of. And so how did all of that play a toll on you? That was huge. Um, like you say, <clears throat> thinking about what's coming next and what do I have to do? And COVID was rampant then. I yeah. mean, just insane. I cried for days just knowing that I couldn't have you boys at home. That was my initial thought. I'm like, Because I have always welcomed people in my home, and it was really hard for me to. But it was through the advice of my daughters, <laughs> five mm. daughters. Mom, you really need to get them out of the house. Yeah. If I'd had my druthers, I would have had you guys to stay there. But it was a really hard decision for me to do that. Mm. And then, um, as you know, all my children, all my five girls are here close in the valley mm. all my grandkids and um going to chemo and i was there between six and a half to eight hours every time i did chemo wow and um the good thing about having 
to go through something like that during COVID. Was, I wasn't the only one masked up. Oh, yeah. You see a lot of cancer <laughs> patients that are masked up, and everybody's like, okay, you afraid of getting a cold or yeah. what, you know? But everybody was masked up, so that was so really was nice. Normal. Yeah, nobody knew any different, and, you know, I'm brown, so I've got a head wrap on, and they're like, okay, no, maybe that's part of her culture, <laughs> you know? <laughs> nobody thought anything. Yeah. And so yeah. that that was a really good, the only good thing about during COVID is mm. you didn't have to worry about being masked, and people looking at you weird um but it was really hard because i know all my girls would have been there if they could have mm. or grandkids you know would have been there so that was the hardest thing for them to drop me off <laughs> and then pick me up after the fact you know yeah and um it's uh On those days that it was really hard when my body wasn't responding well or rejecting everything. I mean, my body rejected every part mm. of the treatment that I went through. But on the days that it was really hard and um, I was not feeling well, the things that the thing that got me through it was, okay, I will take it. Lord, let me take it for the sister who has no support. Mm. For the sister that doesn't have family that cares about her and she's doing it by herself. Let me have the hard times and let her go the easy route. Mm. That was what got me through because I knew I had support. I knew I could pray to my Heavenly Father and I knew that he heard me. But that's what helped me make it through the hard, hard days that came. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. I, one of my favoritest quotes is from Bob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, the people that are trying to make this world worse aren't taking a day off. So how can I? <laughs> and uh, I, I try my best to look at my situation and my situations in, in a very similar aspect where I really like that you're like, okay, I could, you have all the reasons and all the excuses to pity yourself and to feel bad for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But in your deepest and darkest moments where things aren't working, it's hard to get up and go and take this awful treatment. It's hard to do all these things. Your heart is drawn out thinking about those people who, who are alone. you know. And then, And I try to do the same because... Oftentimes, I mean, I have asked, of course, why, why me, and I've whined before, but then I pause, and I'm like, well, who else, you know? It's like, there's people in this world who, you know, maybe go through similar challenges to me. They don't have, like you're saying, the same support that I do, and thankfully, you've been blessed with the support, and so it's like, okay, I have the support, Heavenly Father. I'm willing to go through this in order to then help somebody else out, in order to then give somebody else the benefit who doesn't have the same support. Mm -hmm. And for me, all of my challenges, if I'm able to come out on top of them and learn something from them, it makes it worth it to me when I'm able to share it with somebody else who needed it, somebody who didn't have the same positivity that I've had, somebody who didn't have the same, in your case, the same support that you had, right? And now you, 
are like this beacon, this mom figure, this grandma figure who's able to share those blessings with other people. Um, and thankfully, through your process, you were supported, right? I think that is really cool. Um, f- when when you started, how long after discovering did you start chemo? Quite a while. The um, surgery came first. Okay, yes. To remove the tumor. That was the first thing that happened. But um, I will say that if women um, are discovering or finding out that they have breast cancer, there are so many support groups out there. Mm. There's a lot of help. And they've got it down to a T on how they handle cancer patients. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the first exam you go to, they'll give you a list of all the this is what's going to happen, you know, and, and they'll tell you, okay, this appointment needs to be made and we'll make this for you, you know, so it's very organized. That's a good thing. Hmm. I can't imagine in the older days when you had to think of, <laughs> okay, I've got to call the surgeon. I've got to call the chemo, you know, the cancer place. I've yeah. got to call this, you know, the hospital. They really line it up for you. Hmm. So that's awesome. Um, but, um, Probably, I had my um, surgery first in February, and I started chemo the end of May, because mm. they had to give me time to heal from the surgery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's still pretty fast. I mean, that's just a lot. It is fast. And then after chemo was done, then the radiation. Oh, geez. Yeah. This is all back to back to back. Yeah. In fact... This is back to back to back to back to back because it went from, in Utah, we had, right before this, we had that earthquake that shocked the world. Mm -hmm. And we had this ridiculous earthquake. Well, that wasn't like ridiculous. Nobody like died or anything, thankfully. But had a really intense earthquake and everybody was buying everything at the stores in an insane amount, which I don't know why they... Because guys should have been prepped before, but we, we go to the store. There's no there's no toilet paper at the store. There's no food at the store. People were buying everything, um, thinking it's the end of the world. And then right after that, that's when Rudy Gobert gets the whole world sick <laughs> and shuts down the NBA and shuts down everything because of COVID. Yeah. And then right after that is is the breast cancer, and then moving into um, your surgery, right into chemotherapy and then right after into uh radiation um you might have just barely said it and i'm forgetting how long did you say you were in chemotherapy for it's supposed to be three months yeah it took them four months because Mm. they had to stop for a month oh to let your blood cells yeah to let my blood cells kind of build up a little more yeah wow so it took longer than it should have yeah wow yeah sucks did you was radiation worse than chemo I don't necessarily know the difference. I don't know how they work. Yeah. <laughs> chemo, um, the good thing about chemo was um, my doctor said seven years ago, I would have had to have four different drugs, hmm. but because of the research they had done and everything. So that was another blessing right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, you know, you look at the positive side. And yeah. So he said, because of the research they've done, they've decided that the two drugs work just as well as the four. Hmm. So I can't imagine if I'd have had 
to have four drugs instead of the two. And so, um, I'm sorry, what was your question? I was <laughs> <laughs> just wondering which one, oh, chemo oh, which, and radiation. Oh, definite, definitely um, chemo was worse oh, really? by far, just because it, it really uh, messed up your body. Like, yeah. And the chemo is so crazy. I mean, mm. it's not like radiation. Radiation, they pinpoint it to where the tumor was. Yeah. Trying to kill the cancer cells around it. But chemo, you get it through a port. Well, you know, usually IV, but I had a port right here in my mm. chest area. And it just went right into your bloodstream through mm. your whole body. Wow. So there was a lot of crazy things yeah. that happened because of that. So it killed the nerves in my feet. I have neuropathy in my feet really, and my hands, and I play guitar and ukulele, as you know. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, 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 not my <laughs> playing abilities. But huh. and, and they don't really know. Everybody's different. Like, some people don't ever get it. Some people get it 10 years after they've had chemo. Yeah. I got it pretty soon after I got chemo. and wow. And I have days where I would think I'm holding something and I wouldn't, and I would drop it, you know, because I couldn't feel it. Oh, really? In my hands. But my hands have gotten better, a lot better. Yeah. My feet, not so much. Really? Still there. But it's, it's funny because people will ask you, well, if it's numb, then why does it hurt? Yeah. <laughs> it's a different kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah. It's like when your feet falls asleep and you oh, try okay. and walk. Yes. It feels like that. It's like almost like a sharp pain. Yeah, kind of like that. Mm. But everybody's is different, so that's the way mine feels. Yes. But I know I've talked to some of my friends, and I have a friend that said, it takes me three minutes in the morning to get from my bed to the bathroom, which is attached to her bedroom. And really? I was like, I don't have it that bad. You know, you got to yeah. look for the good stuff, and you're <laughs> like, mine isn't that bad, you yeah. know? And my the thing in my, the neuropathy, my hands pretty much went away. Okay. So I don't know if it'll ever go away, or yeah. I'm hoping it will, but I just keep moving keep doing what you do just keep doing what <laughs> i doing um the radiation um the hard part for me with radiation mm. i don't know i'm new at this all right i've yeah. never had breast cancer hey i'm i hey, yeah even me <laughs> <laughs> you know men can get breast cancer it's true it's, it's true. true that but, is true so i didn't know what to expect mm. even though i i talked to a couple of friends and they kind of shared things but you just don't actually know so be naive as i was i was just thinking just a little i don't know three foot cylinder that you they pinpoint the area because i know <laughs> yeah. they do pinpoint the area but it ended up being like an mrr mri okay cone you know like the whole tube the whole tube yeah. you're in that hmm. and it, like i say it has to be pinpointed so i got tattoos on my body <laughs> so they know exactly where to line you up which is kind of weird you know it's like i was like okay um, this is weird, mm. <laughs> but, it, but at least they know how to line you up perfectly. Yeah. And I don't know how detailed you want me to get into this. <laughs> if I'm about it. Uh, it's okay, very, so, very intriguing. Well, this, this was the hard part of radiation for me. I yeah. mean, I mean, it wasn't as bad as chemo, but it was hard for me because, um, I'm in there and once they line you up, um, they put you in, they line you up, make sure everything lines up so they can pinpoint the radiation to where exactly they want it, right? Yeah. And then they take you out, check the imaging, and then and then you finally go in for reals. Mm. So you're in there for 20 minutes, your hand's over your head, 
and you can't move. Mm. In that little cone. And the, oh, inside the whole yes, tube. Yes. Oh, gee. And the hard part about it is I'm claustrophobic. A yeah. Little. Yeah. And um, so luckily, the, I mean, I was just thinking back in the old days, they wouldn't have done this, but they they said, okay, what kind of music do you like? <laughs> so I'm naming out all my my favorite. What's you know? your name? Led Zeppelin? No. ACDC? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Bruno Mars was on my list. Okay. <laughs> but just R&B, Bruno Mars, and I've got a little bit of just Karen Carpenter. I mean, just all over the place. The and they did. They played it all. It was oh. awesome. Oh, that's nice. But um, in 20 minutes, you have to hold still like that. Hmm. And, and I went, this was six weeks every day for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. This is right. a full-time job. Yeah. You should have asked for salary and <laughs> benefits. <laughs> but uh, the hard part for me was I got through the first week okay. You know, just close my eyes when I get in this little tube thing. Mm. And got my hands over my head, and I'm holding it still as much as I can. And, oh, and I forgot to tell you, before they do like, uh, it's kind of like pre-op, but it's pre-op for radiation. You go into the doctor, and he... They do a mole around your shoulder, neck area, hmm. and it's actually a mole of where they want you to be in the tube. Yeah. And then it it's shaped to stay that way. So every time you come, your head fits right perfectly in it. Oh, yeah. So you've got this mole, so you won't move. You've hmm. got this mole on you, and then your hand's over your head, and there's a thing that you clip onto over your head, yeah. and you hold that for 20, 25 minutes, whatever, once they get set. No way. And I went through the first week okay. Like I said, the music helped a lot. Mm. And then um, and then also closing my eyes helped a lot. <laughs> but the second week when I was doing it, the very first day I got in there, and um, I started getting a kink in oh, my, yeah. like right under my arm, my shoulder blade area. And they always told me, they're like, okay, you know, if you ever have any issues, just talk. We can hear you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. So the, <laughs> that time came when that kink was going away. I'm like, I'm like trying to think positive. I'm like, just think it away. Think it away. It's mm. going to go away. It would not go away. And I'd only been in there like three minutes. Oh, yeah. And you can't move because then the radiation is going to hit you in the wrong spot that they don't want it to go, you know. <laughs> so I'm like. I'm like, okay, they can hear me. I'm like, okay, I need to get out. Nothing. Oh. No response. No and way. I was like, uh, I need to get out. <laughs> you know, nothing. I, and I guess they were talking to me, but with the music and that, I couldn't hear them. Oh, no way. So then I'm like, because they're behind a little thing. There's a window there and they can see you. Yeah. And finally, I'm like waving my hands. I'm like, I need to get <laughs> out, you know, because I, I really had to put my arm down. Yeah. And finally, they heard me, but it just didn't dawn on me that, okay, this is radiation. Of course, I'm going to be in a sealed room. But for some reason, it just yeah. didn't hit me. And it takes a while to unlock everything to oh, actually they get in the room. In with, right. Yeah, okay. So once I figured that out, then I freaked out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I really needed to get out right away, it's not going to happen. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, after that, I... I start hyperventilating. I was like, because I can't get right out if I really need, you know yeah. what I mean? And just the feeling of being claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So then after that, they gave me a mild sedative. Hmm. <laughs> like 
like a fourth of a fourth of a fourth <laughs> because sedatives will just knock me out. Oh, really? But just enough to calm me down. And um, I made sure I, I had them play music that I knew that I could really sing in my head. Mm. Sometimes I actually sang just to keep my mind off of oh, it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I did the first week, but the, after the second week, every once in a while, I'd have to have that tiny bit of sedative to help me through. Yeah. But wow. that was the hard part about it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And the whole time when you're inside the tube, yeah. not to get, you know, two questions, two questioning, are you completely naked? From the top, you're butt naked. I mean, yeah. not butt naked, top naked, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. With your arms clear back. Oh, really? So you're just like yeah. feeling all kinds of oh, exposed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I get that. I know why. And well, with the tattoos and stuff. Yeah. I, you know, the first, when I was midst of this whole mess, like you said, one thing, the next procedure, next thing. After a shower, I'd look at my body. I'm like, who are you? Mm. <laughs> you know, with the tattoos and the scars from everything. Yeah. And I got radiation burns. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, you can tell exactly where the radiation went wow. right across my body, and it was just like they had to give me special creams for that. I yeah. tell you, my body didn't handle anything well. Yeah, but I just looked at my body, and I was like, I don't know who this body is. Wow. You know, the the face I recognize, but the rest, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, your whole life, have you been much like? Have you guys gone to the doctor a ton throughout your life, or are you more like at home? We'll 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 get cured because i've always been an at-home guy i've really? never gone to the doctor for much no we've gone to especially lately after 60 yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> all kinds of fun things happen to you yeah. <laughs> yeah i still got i guess i still got some time before then <laughs> yeah <laughs> enjoy my again <laughs> um wow that is that's crazy and so after radiation that's when it starts to I, since radiation is more like pinpointed, is that when it starts to dwindle the cancer where they're starting to see a timeline maybe, or like maybe it'll be done by this time or, or what's the next steps from there? Well, um, like I say, everyone's treatment is different. There's so many di different types of cancer. I had the most, the more aggressive type of yeah. ca cancer and the way the doctor explained to me made perfectly good sense. He had his fists in front of him and he said, this is a tumor. Hmm. This is a normal tumor, tumor. And he had a fist. He said, this is your tumor. Oh, it was like open-handed. It's open-handed. And it's like it's searching for blood cells to go into. Wow. So it's more aggressive. So that's why they had to be hmm. that. Hence the cancer, the chemotherapy. Yes. Because if it was just a normal fist tumor, then surgery and radiation would take care of most of it oh really yeah okay. but, but because every, it was actively searching right it's mm. searching so it's more aggressive but um i don't know you know if the fist kind of people have to have the after medication mm. that you're on but i had to have it and that had to be on that for five years oh you're still on it uh-huh oh wow sort of <laughs> don't um, tell the doctor well i was on it for nine months it was really bad yeah i couldn't even bend my hands really and my joints hurt so bad wow and that's what it, it hits is it hits your joints mm. and your my i became pre-osteoporosis okay 
So they had to give me the Prolia shots twice a year for my bone density and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm older anyway. Mm. I mean, that was going to happen. But yeah, joints are already hurting. But <laughs> what the heck, you know, to add that to it. So, but it got to the point, it was just um, in this past February when I went, because I'm having checkups twice a year, you mm. know, just checking my blood cell count, everything. Yeah. And... um I went in February, end of February, and I said, can you give me anything else? Hmm. Can you give me a lower dose, you know? Yeah. And and he said, no, I'm giving you the lowest dose. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, when all was said and done, my cancer doctor ended up giving me 25% less chemo than he normally does. And he just kept cutting it back, cutting oh, it back, because really? my body wasn't handling it well. But when all was said and done, I was getting 25% less than everybody else. Cause wow. That's what my body could handle. Yeah. Wow. But um, anyway, so I, I said, I, I'm not handling this very well. I mean, I, I, it's like all I can do is just get out of bed. Hmm. It was really bad. And he said, well, he says, the only thing we can do sometimes if we stop it and restart it, it's better. Hmm. And once he stopped it, I was like, I'm done. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just start feeling a lot better. But at the same time, we had been missionaries at a youth camp for four years. And we weren't going back this year because last summer I was on that medication. And it was just hard. Yeah. Like I said, just to function. And you're physically active up there a lot. Yeah. And I just told my husband, I just can't do this. And I felt really bad because, but I didn't feel bad. It was a two-year calling, but we'd been on it for four years. Yeah. yeah. But um, once I got off of it and I was feeling so much better, and then we found out they hadn't found a couple to hmm. replace us, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> We're, We're back. Gonna, and I just told my husband, I'm just going to put my faith in the Lord and have that cancer stay away while we're gone. And mm. so I'm actually got an appointment next week and he'll probably say, okay, what are we doing? You know? Oh yeah. And it's not a guarantee, but you know, you, you want to do everything you can to make it not come back. Right. I don't know if, um, I've done enough. If the nine months that I was on that medication is going to be enough, but yeah, We'll have that chat next week and see what happens. Wow. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I when I tell him friends about that, you know, and talking about it, and they're like, a lot of them said, oh, that medication was horrible. Yeah, I just quit taking it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to risk. <laughs> I don't know. You just don't, you know, you got to weigh the highs and lows of it. But yeah. it's it's an estrogen blocker is what it is. Oh, really? A hormone blocker or whatever. But um, it's just supposed to another thing to help prevent the cancer from growing back but mm. you know my doctor said i've had patients that have gotten cancer while they were on the medication mm. it's not a guarantee but it's one extra thing so we'll wow. see what happens next week wow so it's this still ongoing yeah it's still ongoing and i'm supposed to be on it for five years you see i didn't even know these things yeah yeah okay. yeah five years is kind of like the guesstimated timeline they give you yeah. but it could be shorter could be longer no it's five years five years no matter mm -hmm. what okay wow that's so. that sucks that's tough um i guess during this process thank you for sharing all that but this is really cool and uh i think a lot of people will really like this i know of one specific listener 
I won't name her, but I know of one specific listener who as well had breast cancer, and she'll very much appreciate this. Um, but I, I guess kind of looking at everything. Well, let me make sure. Devin, what, what time are we at? Okay, perfect. Just kind of looking at everything in the grand scheme of it, when you look back at the situation, obviously it's still ongoing, and there's still aspects of it that you're still having to deal with. But I guess when you look back at the bulk of everything, what are some of the main things that you have learned personally, internally, or spiritually um, that are for you? And then as well, if you could answer the same question, but what you've learned, I guess what you would share with other people as far as people who, who happen to go through the same situation? Well, I would say probably the main thing is just be aware. Hmm. I think before this, I mean, everybody knows somebody, right, yeah. that has breast cancer. But you don't realize, and I guess not everybody has it bad, but I think we need to be more aware when people do have breast cancer or any type of cancer mm. to be more aware of maybe they're not having a good day, you know? Yeah. And just me be more sensitive. And um like um I there are a lot of support groups out there. I hope that people if they don't have support will go find these groups. And I, um, I felt really bad sometimes when, um, in fact, <laughs> I feel really bad, but the lady, she reached out to me all the time and I finally got to the point, like, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've got family, please spend your time on somebody that really needs it. You yeah, know, yeah. I kind of rejected her. I feel really bad, but at the same time, I didn't want to take time away from people who don't have people who don't have the support mm. so if you don't have the support please reach out there are groups that are out there i mean they'll give you a blanket if you don't have one when you're doing chemo because mm. um you get cold yeah <laughs> and that chemo medicine i mean in the iv it makes your body cold because mm. it's cold medicine going in you you know and um just reach out and and uh, make sure you get the support you need. You don't have to do this alone. Mm. Like I say, I just feel really fortunate that I have family here. I have a good husband. You know, on my really bad days, that he was there and you know, would just sit there as I cried because I couldn't do something. Um, but at the same time, like I say, I those bad days is when I just kept thinking, you know. There's somebody out there that doesn't have the support. Mm. Yes, I yeah. can do this for her. Mm. I love that. That's so awesome. That's so awesome, Grams. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I think that's a lesson that everybody can take away from all of this. You know, whether you know, you're facing challenges of breast cancer or other challenges, that alone is a lesson that not a lot of people learn, and that's a lesson that, that's that's really big. Um, one last question before we end. I'd like to ask, do you feel as if this experience has brought you closer to, of course, your Father in Heaven, and then as well to your family? Yes, just because, I mean, you don't think 
um, initially, and I kind of mentioned before, I wasn't thinking the doomsday, like I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always kind of in the back of your head, possibly, Hmm. you know, so you think about things that are important, you know, and, um, in that sense, you think about, um, maybe things you say just when you're annoyed sometimes with your family or whatever everybody mm. has them in all the families but and and you think about it and you like is it really that important mm. you know in the long run is it really that important if i were to die you know what do i want to leave behind right you know and so but yeah definitely has brought me closer to heavenly father just because um you know he's there yeah. you know he's there and 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 the scripture tells you he knows your every your every ache your every pain that you mm. go through and um it's just awesome to know that when you're praying that somebody's listening to you mm. listening to your woes and and i didn't share everything with everybody i mean like I said, I had my qualms about doing this because I don't want to scare people. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, every most of my friends that I talked to, they're just like, wow. And, and I said, like, most of them didn't have to do chemo, and that's a huge part of it. You know, that made it bad. But, <coughs> but yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I developed a huge faith, even stronger faith in Heavenly Father. Yeah. That he loves his children. I love it. <coughs> Apologize. Ignore that. Um, that's so cool. I love when we're able to learn from our challenges and rather than saying, why did God put me here? But rather saying, how can I see God in this? Um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges people face in the world today is why did God put me here versus... Where can I see God's hand in this, and where can I see His, you know, the gifts that He's that He's that He's slowly giving me? And it's cool to know that one, you know, diseases, cancer are the respecter of no persons, and, and and everybody, no matter what you're doing, no matter how good of a person you are, no matter how healthy you are, these things can happen at the blink of an eye. And so I think just. Rather than letting life happen to you, I like to somewhat be prepared for life happening. And it's just like, when I get to a point, if one day all of a sudden I develop cancer, what am I going to look at in my life? What's most important? Um, The same thought that you had of, what am I going to leave behind? If I was to pass away tomorrow, you know, what am I going to leave behind? And I think that if we live our lives in a way that prepares us for that, um, we're able to live a lot more happier of life and able to see, I think that you said it earlier, one of my other questions, but see what's actually important. Is this actually an important activity that I'm doing? What should I actually be, where should I actually be spending my time? Um, when my mom passed away, I remember, I've said this a lot because it's just such a good life lesson for me, but I remember everybody having the same thing to say at the funeral and everybody was saying, I wish I could have done this and I wish I would have done that and I regret this and I regret that. And, you know, I just had a moment similar to yourself where it was like, you know, 
I need to be living my life in a way that I don't have to say that at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Where if, you know, maybe this breast cancer does, you know, eventually kill me. But if I'm living right now where I'm present, you know, I'm still involved in my family's lives. I'm still involved in the things that are important with God, with, you know, my spirituality. If I'm still doing these things, then if it kills me, so be it because I know that I've left behind footprints for somebody to follow. And if they follow my footprints, it'll take them to a happier place than they were before. Um, And it sounds like you've kind of learned, not even just through this experience, I'm sure this was just adding to, you have a lot, you know, more years on me. (laughs) Not very many, but, you know, just a few, just a few. But uh, I'm sure it just adds to those kinds of lessons and those kinds of knowledges, I would say. So thank you, Masane, for sharing that whole experience. Um, everybody send, you know, if you need help, go get the help. Uh, I don't know whether to say, do you say happy breast cancer awareness month or do you just say, be aware (laughs) it's breast cancer awareness month. Um, so thank you very much for sharing that episode. A lot of people will really learn from that next week. We have a great episode coming up as well. So be ready for that. This will be dropped on Monday. You'll be listening to this next Monday for me. I'm just going to make it sound like it's today. I didn't need to add that in. Anywho, thank you again. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to anybody? I just want to say the other the other thing I thought of when you said, what are some of the thoughts that you want to leave? You know, I think when we're at the lowest, it seems kind of a weird thing, but to just go out and serve somebody, mm. Mm. it takes takes your mind off of yourself, your your problems and everything. Because when I was going through all of this, and like I said, I... I felt bad about kind of rejecting the little support lady, but I, and one of the packages she gave me was with a little bracelet that had, you know, pink and that, and a little bag. Well, I made some bracelets for her. Oh, yeah. And gave them to her and said, here, Mm. give these out, you know. And just the thought of it, you know, hopefully somebody that didn't have the support got one of those, Mm. you know, but just go out and serve. Yeah. It takes your mind off everything and yourself sometimes. Totally. And it helps you. There yeah. is there's a ton of like psychological tests that doctors and all those fancy people have done um that have proven, literally proven, it's not even a question, but literally proven that as we serve other people it benefits us mm-hmm. physically and emotionally. Um and it's cool that that's what you were doing then and as well when you were saying in your darkest times, the first thing was thinking about that other person who's struggling. That, in a sense, it's the same concept. You're thinking about something, uh, other people, and in return, you know, it gave you the strength and courage to push through. I think that's huge. Look at that. Bam. I think that's a beautiful note to end on. And so, once again, Masane, love you dearly. Thank you so much for this, for all you've done for me. You're the greatest. So, thank you very much. And, uh, everybody, at the end of the day, life must go on. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>